Hello everyone and welcome back to Satellite House. This week our guest is Alberto. Howdy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, so tell the audience just a little bit, a little bit of introduction about yourself. All right. Well, my name is Alberto. I'm from uh, the Bay Area here. Uh, 21 years of age. Birthdays in June. Um, just a Latino aerospace engineer here at San Jose State. Birthday in June. Are you a, are you a Gemini? I am indeed a Gemini. Yes. You're the worst zodiac sign. The devil of the ev- zodiac. That's what everybody tells me. But I feel like at least I'm nice. He's very nice. He's like the opposite he, of a Gemini. No, but see, the thing is that once you come to rely on him, that's when the second face comes out. That is right. That's yeah. that's the point, right? Oh. Yeah. No, I think I think part of it. I am. I'm not super into astrology, but I like keep abreast of it. Uh, I have a theory because I was born June 16th. My older brother, born a couple years before me, was born June 11th. So. What I've noticed is that, like, whenever we play, like, video games or anything, like uh, Red Dead Redemption or something, where it's got, like, a morale chart, you know, mm. I would always tend towards, like, be the best guy in the game, be the good guy and everything. Meanwhile, my brother would be an absolute maniac. He, he, would, be, he would be a menace to society on the game. So mm. I, was, I was like, hmm... Maybe we just kind of split the personalities on that one, you know? Maybe. Maybe that's fair. I I do the same thing when I play, like, a a role-playing game, like Fallout 4 or something like that. I always choose, like, the paths that I think are the most moral, right? Like, I always always try to be lawful good. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm I'm never the person who pursues chaotic evil, even though I'm like, oh, that would be so much fun. But I'm like, no, it's not satisfying to my inner morality. Yeah. No, it's funny. Like... You know, every now and then, I just fuck around on, like, Red Dead Redemption or something, especially Red Dead Redemption. And, yeah, I'll blow some shit up and and get in some shootouts and shit. But then I always find myself feeling a little bit guilty after that. And I think that's just because I've had so many years of Catholic guilt just pressed onto me. Amazing. Oh, yeah. You're so Catholic that you went as the fucking Pope for (laughs) Halloween. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm not nearly as Catholic as, as people think. I just kind of find it funny to talk about because it's it's just like a meme. Yeah. No, like, don't get me wrong. I am, I am religious. I I still do consider myself a Catholic quote unquote, but like it, you'd be hard pressed to find me in a church. So just like you don't, you don't take it to an extreme. No, God, no, God, no. Uh, which is surprising, though, considering my upbringing. I, I think it's it's really funny because you you do an excellent job of memeing that you take it really seriously. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I I totally believed that it was a lot more important, like a, a huge fixture. <laughs> wow! Goddamn! I really sold it too much. Holy shit! Speaking of your upbringing and stuff, um, I know that you're from Redwood City. Yes. Grew up there, born and raised. Yes, I am. I am Redwood City, born and raised. Uh, Oh, technically rich I live people. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me <laughs> let me get clarify, to it. yeah. I uh for a while I've been living in North Fair Oaks, which is it's like an unincorporated chunk in between Menlo Park and Redwood City. But for most of my life I've gone to school in Redwood City. I was born still in Redwood City. Uh all my friends live in Redwood City and stuff, so I feel like I always find myself spending more time in Redwood City, so I just say I'm from Redwood City. So do you go up the peninsula a lot? Like, do you go and visit home often? Honestly, ideally I would. Um, 
you know, for previously when, when we were back in school and everything before the, before quarantine and stuff, I would try to go home every, every two weeks. Mm. So I just go home, spend a weekend, just, you know, be with my dogs, my, my family, uh, do some work, meet with some friends because I still have some very close friends here around the area. So, I, you know, I just try and make as much time to see them as possible. I mean, sadly though, like these, this past semester, these past two semesters, I've just been super busy. I've I've started working a second job down here. Uh, the 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 coursework in my major is getting a lot more hard, and of course I'm on exec with you and Jay Kim. Yeah. Uh, and I like to at least cut. I, I like to at least take my responsibility as seriously as I can. Mm. I'll admit, every now and then I skip out just to spend extra time with my family because I don't really get a lot of time to go, you know, be with them. But. Uh, you know, yeah, it's been getting a little more difficult just to go down and see my family. But you know what? I think that that's very reasonable, you know, in, in our fraternity, one of our, you know, values mm. is putting your time where it belongs. And like your time definitely belongs for your family. And if you're not getting enough of that, the fraternity shouldn't take precedence over that. You know, yeah. like that's that would be crazy to say, like the hour that you want to go spend with your family that you should spend it with us instead. Like, yeah. no, that's wild. Yeah, no, but that's really one of the great things that I do love about our chapter. And I love about our fraternity is how we're all frat guys, but we're not frat guys first. You know, we have other things that are as important to us, but for at least most of us, we still put the frat at an, at a special, like, in a special point in our lives. Yeah. It's a special that, thing. That we're not like um all consumed by Greek life. Yeah. We're we're not a like a movie cliche stereotype. Mm -hmm. Um I think that's I think sometimes it, it would be fun to live that way for a day. Absolutely. I agree. I you know. But I I think you know, in in reality, it's better that we're not. You know. Yeah, I I am I am not at all dissatisfied with my with my Greek experience. I feel like I've gotten a great experience out of it. I feel like we get a good balance of like the traditional fraternity, but also that part where you said we can have a part where it's focused on us and our lives. Yeah, I, yeah. I think so for sure. So I wanted to ask you, Alberto, because you were on the football team in high school. Yes, I was. How how are they sort of like vaguely similar in in culture to fraternities, or is it like really totally different? Right? Because well, I was never a person yeah. who was mm -hmm. involved in sports at all, so I have no idea what this world really looks like. And in my mind, it sort of vaguely resembles a fraternity, but. I don't really know if that's true or if that's just the way the movies make it or, you know, like, I, I don't know. There are definitely degrees to it. It is, there's a lot of ways that it is like a fraternity, like really just depending on the history of your team, some will be more like a fraternity than others. Uh, really, it just comes down to like, what's, what's the culture of the school like? So for me... I went to uh, Uniparacera High School up in San Mateo, uh, same high school as uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady. So I played on, I played on their football team for four years, and Sarah is definitely a sports school. 
most definitely football, baseball, and basketball. Those those were our big three, and I would argue that our primary biggest was football. We we spent most of our money, most likely, on the football team. So it's a team that had a lot of history, a lot of kind of just regular jock history. And when I was on it, I I joined my freshman year because I was. Uh, I remember I walked into the I walked into the cafeteria and there was two tables. There was the the band and the football team right next to them. And I was looking at it, and I remembered when I was a kid. I would played football for a bit. I was terrible. Hated it. Stopped playing football. Gone to high school, I was like, hmm. I always said I wanted to join the band. But I always knew that, like, I kind of wanted to try football again. So I went over there, and I was like, you know what? This would probably be a good thing. Number one, it'd get me in shape. Number two, you know, I, I wanted to join the, the armed forces at the time. Uh, it'd be something that'd kind of get me accustomed to a little bit of the mindset, you know, because there are some similarities, just teamwork and shit like that. So I, I wanted to be at least mentally prepared for it. So I decided to join the football team, and I, you know, when I joined, there was 72 other kids that joined or something. It was one of the bigger classes of freshman football, but they have a whole like two week hell week that uh, that kind of just like you know weeds out uh, a lot of the guys who just didn't want to play. Uh, and here's the thing: for such a, a like prestigious football team, it was um, it was no cut. It was no cut football team. If you stuck it out, you'd play. You know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't play. You'd uh, you'd be on the team. So um, don't get me wrong. I am a trash football player. I am I am at best mediocre. I I I, I don't have a lot of talent for it. I just don't have the kind of the the hand eye connection for it. You know. Um, but I love the sport. I absolutely love the sport. Which position did you play? I played uh, offensive line, defensive line, and linebacker uh, for a bit. Cool. So yeah, I was I was definitely in the trenches. Offense as and I'd defense. Say. Yeah, I, yeah. I was primarily a defensive lineman, a nose ta- nose tackle. Yeah. Um, and then when I play offense, I'd usually play uh, right tackle. Um, oh, a lot. Of, you were like the guy that takes them down. I'm I'm supposed to be. Actually, I might have gotten mine switched around. I play right guard. Sorry, right guard mm-hmm. and, and nose guard. I was the guy who would just kind of get in the middle and try and take the shortest path to the quarterback and, you know, cause as much chaos as yeah, I yeah. at that point. And that's the thing. I thoroughly enjoyed being a defensive lineman because yeah. it was physical enough that I was getting a good workout and I had the right body type for it. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't have to think as hard as the other positions because i just i just don't have that football mind so i could just really like you have one see, job i would see my hand signals i'd get told my hand signals and then bam i just go play yeah and you know if i get lucky if i hit my timing right i i do okay mm. but you know more often than not i'm just really good at just bringing down the line just cause a pile cause some traffic nice so um Anyways, I, I ended up being one of the people who who stuck it through uh, mm. the first, you know, the Hell Week and everything. So I was on the on the freshman football what is, team. What is Hell Week? It's just you know conditioning. Uh, that's all it is. It's running, 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 two a day practices, run some more bear calls on hot ass turf. You know, mm. uh, it's just really miserable. You know, they take you, they you run up and down hills and stuff. Uh, it just it's just made to kind of suck to get. The people who who really just don't want to put a good amount of effort into it, just get them out because it's not going to be fun for them. It's not going to be entertaining for them. It's just going to be tough. Uh, 
So you make it through that. You know, you do your year on freshman football. If you're really good, you get called up. And my season on freshman football, it was um, our team had made it, our varsity team had made it into the playoffs. And during the playoff run, something kind of weird had happened. I, I don't really remember the story. It's been a while. And our coach decided to forfeit a game. So, what? Yeah. Forfeit a playoff game. Whoa. So playoff. that that got the whole, like, you know, organization all kind of pissed off. And they had banned us from playoff football for, like, two years or something. Uh, or it was, it was either, like, two years or it was four years. So until I had graduated... And I was like, damn, that really sucks. You know, if I wanted to play football, I'd at least have want to have the shot to go for a ring. So we were all kind of bummed out about that. And we were like, ah, oh, what the hell? And, you know, we go on JV. We have an okay JV year. Uh, it was pretty, you know, just a pretty fun year. Kind of developing, you know, the fundamentals of football. Had a, had a really interesting time with a kind of racist uh defensive line coach but mm, i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go too yeah into, we don't have too to go deep into that okay um that's racist that, people everywhere you know it, yeah. it, it was just my personal experience with him that just felt kind of weird mm. um but anyways you know next thing i know i'm on uh i'm on the varsity football team nice. on my, on my junior year. i just stuck it through done my time and i nice. uh, i kept it kept it on so real quick two years freshman year sophomore year on the so fresh, team. freshman year I was on the freshman team, sophomore year I was JV, junior year and senior year I was on varsity. Got it. Um, so part of the reason is my brother had gone to the same high school four years before me and he'd played football and he played it all the way up to JV. And uh, me and my brother have a very competitive relationship. You know, us both being the only, the only boys in the family uh, and us both being born in June, we're kind of opposites in personality like we, like we sort of talked about earlier. So my parents would always compare me to my brother athletically and be like, why can't you be like your big brother? You know, your brother is your brother's great baseball player. He's a good football player. His teams did all this, but I was always, you know, why don't you study like your brother? You know, you're, I was always the book smart one. He was the athletic one uh, Mm. is the best way to put it. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of how our parents would sort of pitch us against each other. Right. Um, But then you made the varsity team on the football. Yeah. And I made that a little bit out of spite because in my head I was kind of like, well, you know, he made it to JV. I'll make it to varsity just to make sure I knock oh. this one up in the book. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I do that with a lot of things. I'm very competitive with my siblings for no good reason. Mm, sibling um, rivalry. Yeah. So anyways, I get into varsity and our, our head coach is kind of a little bit like a stereotypical, like, it's like a surfer and a Texas football <laughs> head coach had a baby, <laughs> wow, and he was a short combo. Irishman. Uh, oh, interesting that's combo. really weird. He 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 was a fascinating guy. He would get he would get really angry and and super mad. And he'd be yelling all the time, and then like an instant later, he'd be snapping jokes and just kind of being just a funny hard ass. And I'm not gonna lie. I absolutely adored the guy. The guy is a is a massive part of my life, Coach Patrick Walsh. Um, he, like, I, I remember when I had started conditioning specifically for varsity, and we had to go. We had to go up to the local community college because they were changing out our our new uh, turf field. Uh, he was doing his normal, you know, kind of hell shtick. You know, the drill sergeant shtick that oh, coaches wow. do, mm-hmm. and. Um, we were doing, we were doing, what was it, up downs or something, you know, where you jog in place, you hit the ground, do a push up, jump back up, all that shit. Um, 
and he's walking around the middle and he goes, mm, I love the smell of up downs in the morning. He's like, does anyone know what that movie's from? And I love my war movies. I know an apocalypse now reference when I see one. So I go, mm-hmm. it's from apocalypse now. And he goes, good, good. Yeah. I like you. And I was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. That's very interesting. We, uh, a couple episodes we had, uh, two episodes ago, um, we had a guy named Assad on and he was a marine vet he's a marine veteran and mm-hmm. he's a student at san jose state about to graduate and he was comparing about the kind of stuff you just went through during your football training <laughs> yeah uh, the kind of hazing if you can call it uh just making you run exercise a lot do push-ups and he was talking about like bonding through shared pain yeah right? like this it, like suffering that you endure together really brings a group together yeah it absolutely does it's it was really a wonderful thing to see because you know, I I definitely did develop a really close bond with a lot of those guys. And even nowadays, I still regularly hang out with some of my old teammates. Wow. You know, I, I regularly go out, uh, not as much as I, I as I would want to because I'm, you know, a little busy and a little broke. So Is it kind of like a know. fraternity? Yes, yes. In a way, it's like a fraternity. Mm. And especially the football team that I was on being, this was the top sport in the school. This was, you know, the most historic. Uh, we had a lot of expectations on us. So... You know, we were, if you were to consider the the entirety of our division, which was Western Catholic Athletic League or something, we were one of the top houses, if you will. You know, mm-hmm. it, it would be us and then probably one of our close rivals, St. Francis, would be considered the top dogs. Yeah. Um, and geez, we, we would go at it. We would have some intense games, some really intense moments and... You know, the preparation for those would be tough and the coaches would be would be super serious and super intense during the weeks of train during the week leading up to the game. And then on game day, when we'd be doing our walkthroughs, they'd be they'd be loose and funny and they'd be trying to get us all to, you know, calm down, know the plan, execute. And it's just really it was really interesting to see how how minds molded and became a team this is what i expect from tom brady's football team yeah no the high school he went to it's it's the goat. it's really something else it football really goat. is yeah so uh, then i know that you mentioned like a lot of con- connections and similarities with football and also um the armed forces mm-hmm. and you wanted to go into the armed forces yeah how did that kind of transition happen uh it was never really a transition it was always kind of part of a long-term plan um when I was in the second grade, I, I, I'd come home from school. My dad called me in the living room. He was like, hey, come watch this movie with me and your sister. And we were watching Armageddon, that, you know, 90s action flick, Bruce Willis, Bruce Space Willis, Willis, all that shit. Saves the Earth? Yeah. Oh, that one. Uh, that so I one. saw that, and I was like, yeah. whoa, that's really <laughs> cool. And I'd wanted to be a, I'd wanted to be a fighter, firefighter before that. So I was talking to my dad, and I was like, yo, dad, what are, what are those guys? What are they doing? And he's like, yo, they're, you know, they're astronauts. And I was like... I think I want to be an astronaut. Yeah. And the second I said that, my sister says, no, don't do that. You're going to die. Uh, and I was like, noted. All right. Thank you. Uh, so anyways, I kind of got it, the idea into my head that I wanted to be an astronaut. And being in the second grade, I, I you know went to school. And during the morning, my teacher was like, yo, uh, or my teacher was welcoming in for the day. And I was like, hey, miss, uh, do you think it'd be possible if I could be like an astronaut or something? She was like, yeah, absolutely. If you put your mind to it and, you know, if you work on it. And I was like, oh, cool. And she was like, here, I got some books here that, you know, talk about space and shit like that yeah. and rockets and stuff. And you can read through them if you want. So I started reading through them. And I was reading through one about um, about the Saturn V, the, yeah. the Apollo program and the Saturn V rocket. And I remember for some reason as a kid 
I got really, I really like visually attached to the, uh, to the, the image of the Saturn V's third stage, which is what took the, the whole, the lander, the capsule to the moon and everything. And I was like, that's, there's, there's a beauty in that. There's a real beauty in that. Hmm. And I started watching space shuttle launches and everything. And I became obsessed with the space shuttle. It was, to me, it was like, it was like watching a piece of art fly through the sky. You know, it's the way everything, everything maneuvered, the way everything worked in unison, the way the crews worked and everything. And then the one thing that I really connected with was number one, I knew that Neil Armstrong was a pilot and I was like, Neil Armstrong's a really cool guy. And I saw these, you know, I, you'd see these shuttles flying and you see that they have pilots. They have dudes who actually fly them. And I was like, that's insane. That's so cool. I want to be one of those guys. I want to fly the space shuttle. It's really interesting. So it's one of, I, I see a similarity with all of um, the aerospace guys in aerospace engineering majors in our fraternity is a lot of you share a kind of inspirational story from your childhood that inspired you to become an aerospace engineering major at San Jose State. Mm -hmm. I think for Tomo, for him, it was... Um, Flying from, back and forth to Japan, Japan. as yeah. a kid, Every he was year. seeing the planes. I'm sure you know because mm -hmm. you're Absolutely. very good friends yeah. with him. And yours is just watching that movie with Armageddon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so stupid. It's it's the stupidest thing to ever like base the entirety of your life upon. But here I am, years later. I'm an aerospace engineering yeah. student. I you know I, I messed up in ROTC, but I'm going to try and give it a second chance with the uh, yeah. officer training school with the Air Force. Um, but here I am learning about rockets, learning how to build and fly those things that I watched, you know, ages ago. And I, I know in the back of my mind that one of these days, I'm just going to have to fly one of those things. I'm going to have to do it. Uh, I don't know how, I don't know where, but I'm going to have to do it one of these days. So I, I have a kind of a question that, that sort of relates to that mm -hmm. is uh, in the future, we all know SpaceX is currently leading the race into outer space. Mm -hmm. Would you ever be interested in flying the starships between Earth and Mars? That would absolutely. be sick. No question. No questions asked. I would absolutely love to fly that thing. Um, I think that is one of the most fantastic rockets I have ever seen. The The design of it, the, the concepts behind it. It's a little riskier than I would personally design a rocket like that, but it's an amazing design and they're getting it to work. I think it's got really, really poor radiation shielding. <laughs> I think you're you absolutely going to get fucking cancer flying I that thing. I would tend to agree with you. I, I definitely agree with you. That thing's radiation shielding concerns me. It's uh, a, a lot of its digital uh, features concern me. Uh, me, want, me being someone who wants to be a pilot... I like my my buttons, my switches, and my knobs. I like making sure that if the computer fucks up, at least there's something that I can play around with to think I'm making things so better you don't, before you don't, I die. You don't want like you don't want like a flyby wire. You want you want actual hydraulic connections from your yoke to the control surfaces. If I could get that, preferably, but you know I don't complain about flyby wire. So I'm I'm surprised if you because that's. Because you're like, oh, I like my buttons and my knobs and everything physical, right? But you you don't mind fly-by-wire? No, I, that's a I, bit I, I don't mind it when it's properly redundant and the redundancies I would like to see. Uh, really, it's all it's all just kind of in my taste. I would rather push a button and know that there's a direct connection being made than touch a screen 
and have the possibility for that screen to lag or something like that. I, you, I feel so like, you like the haptic feedback. Yes, I like the haptic, <laughs> the feed, haptic feedback. I like the haptic feedback. I like the I like the idea that this is you know it's completing a circuit versus it's completing a circuit through a screen. I don't know why it just it feels more sure you know in my okay. head. Okay, okay. So you're fine with conventional electronics, just not digitally controlled electronics. You'd rather I, I like things in good measure. You know. Hmm. Hmm. That's that's interesting. Um, would you say that you are like as you got older? Obviously, you, like you always wanted to fly, but like, have you gotten more into the design part of it, or, do, or is your still main passion just flying? It's gotta be flying, if, right? If anything, both have really grown. I still have a very strong passion for flying. Um, I, I definitely have a very strong passion to do that, but at the same time, I've grown a deep appreciation for the design. But the funny thing is that in my head, it's always kind of like design it so you can fly it. You know, that's, that, that's what's <laughs> okay, in my fair head. Enough. So uh, your goal is even if you design a, an entire aircraft from the ground up, your only goal was so that you could fly it at the end of the day. Pretty much entirely. That that would be, in all honesty, the entire reason I would ever want to go to Mars is, you know, not to walk on Mars, see the beautiful vistas and all that stuff, it would be someone's got to land that goddamn thing. And that thing, that someone better be me, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you think that humans will ever have a permanent presence on Mars? I sure as hell hope so. I, I, I see at least the solar system as it is right now as the next great frontier that should really be explored. Um, of course, we have a lot of problems here on Earth, don't get me wrong, but I feel like a lot of people say, you know, why spend all this money going on this space mission if we can spend it for, you know, food security, for housing, for stuff like that, education. And that's a valid argument. There's nothing wrong with that argument. But I don't think science should be the one you're really taking your aim at. I think it should be stuff like defense, you know, like you know, yeah, I think, oil I think spending, that, stuff like that. I think that's fair. I think, uh, you know, they should, you know, where, where do they want to cut the funding from? You can go ahead and cut it from the IRS, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can give them less resources, okay? They already take all my money. What do they need yours for, too? I mean, they can scare up $40 billion for defense aid, but, you know, scaring up some money for education and, and you know, health and human services, that's a bit difficult, you know, can't be done. Don't get me wrong, big def- big Ukrainian fan here, so... God bless those guys. Jesus Christ. It, honestly, I think it's going to be a tremendous victory day when they when they do secure the right to their entire full sovereignty, including the Crimean Peninsula, which yeah. is part of Ukraine. Yeah. Is Ukraine... I think Ukraine's winning right now, from mm, what I've been reading. I mean, reading. they're doing an excellent job at defending. They, um, yeah. They're wearing down the Russians more than they're getting weared down. Mm. But at the same time, you can never really count out the Russian military. The Russian military. There's always more Russians. Yeah, there's always more Russians. But Jesus Christ, the Ukrainians have been doing fantastic and good luck to them. They got it. It's going to be a long war. It's going to be a long one. The 20, the 2020s and the 2030s are going to suck. Jake Kim, they're going to be, they're going to be pretty goddamn bad. Who do you think is going to be the first to have a permanent presence on the moon? Do you think, cause I, I feel like it's going to be the Chinese. I feel like oh. the Chinese are going to set up the first moon base. For real. Um, hot take, the, but, though not really. No, it's not really a hot take. <laughs> I, I would beg to 
differ somewhat. I, it's possible. It's possible and it could be doable, but for some, for some things, expertise is needed. And the one great thing about, you know, a country like the United States is that if anyone's got the expertise to build a moon base, it's probably going to be us, you know? Mm -hmm, that's right. The, uh, the Russians have a great expertise in building space stations. They have great expertise in building reliable vehicles, but operating beyond low Earth orbit is a bit beyond them, and their funding situation is terrible. You know, they're, they're probably going under. Uh, the Chinese, they have fantastic funding, a great engineering base pulled from the Soviets, and they have great programs to develop new technologies, but at the same time, they are brand new. They, they need to develop a lot more experience, where they can do it, they can probably do it pretty damn quickly. I wouldn't be surprised. But at the end of the day, it's kind of the people with the experience and the people with the capabilities that you kind of stick with. Mm -hmm. So I think the U.S. might be able to do it, but we could very easily mess it up. Here, and let here's them do a, it here's first. a question: Will there be a space warfare? Absolutely, in the future yeah, in the no, form of actual I th physical I think fighting. Decades from now, yes. Now, no. Like, in the next 10 years, is it going to happen? I don't think so. I, I beg to differ. Yeah, I Space beg Wars. to differ. I, I would agree with Jake Kim on this one. Um, it's definitely not a possibility that you can count out. They've already developed so much of the technology with it. And there's there's a technology we know. There's a techno the technology that we don't know. I don't know. I think it's very similar to the idea of like using nuclear weapons. I think everybody agrees that this is probably just a bad idea. Like... I don't think that any country on the planet is sufficiently insane enough to actually conduct space warfare at the present time. I would in the really future, to differ. In the future, I can see there being actors on the international stage that are crazy enough to use space warfare. I don't think Russia's insane enough. I think they already know that they're in a shitty economic position. And to pull some fucking, like, ridiculous fucking supervillain shit by, like, conducting space warfare right now, I don't, I don't think even Putin would be stupid enough to do that. Well, let me, let me get my take in on this. There's a reason why they would do it, though. Warfare, modern strategy, it's all rooted in the idea of getting as many advantages as you can over your enemy. And as we've developed as a civilization, that means usually getting the higher advantage. Getting the high ground, you know, good old Star the high Wars, ground. the high ground. That's a very true thing. You know, it's getting the high ground, controlling the logistics, controlling territory, all that stuff. It, there's a lot of things that fold into it. But for a country like the United States, what we've done is we've built such a strong system of communication, systems of information, systems of sensors that make wars harder for our, for our enemies because... We can just see what they're doing. You know, it's not hard for us. We can we can do it easily. We've launched enough satellites. We've launched enough GPS. We have enough ships. We have enough planes. We have enough of everything to see a lot of stuff. So that fact in and of itself opens up the the possibility for war for warfare because there's a distinct disadvantage between us and them. What makes it worse is that there's not a lot of laws on the situation. You know, because no one's really wanted to put too much thought into it. The only laws really is just don't put weapons of mass destruction up there. That's the one that, you know, if they ever find you breaking that, they'll get you for that. But 
then you get into the definition of what's a weapon of mass destruction, you know? Is a spy satellite a weapon of mass destruction? Some people could say yes, some people could say no. There's a lot of factors that go into it, and because there's so many things, and because it's such a vulnerable thing, and such an important thing, it wouldn't take a stretch of the imagination for someone to say, well, we can take that out first, make them hurt for a good amount of time, and then we can start going after more important things and doing more dangerous things. And then you get a spiral, you know? What the heck is a spiral? A pattern of, like, a sequence of events that encourages the same events to happen, you know? Yeah. Ooh, I'm really... Just things getting worse I'm really freaking blasted right now. Can we take a quick break? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. All right, let's do a quick break. And we're back. We were talking about the podcast. Yes, so... <laughs> During the break. Um, for for those of you who, who don't know, Alberto's an active <laughs> listener. It's a is it is it interesting like are you could you like call it and be like long time listener we're, first we're, time we're, we're breaking the fourth wall right now. Yeah, so no, the, absolutely. The future if the future Alberto wa- listens to this, we're breaking the fourth wall because we're talking that's to you right true, now. That's true, that's true. Talking directly to my future self, that asshole. <laughs> Man, I'm sure he's gonna appreciate that. <laughs> like, there's, there's like, mul- like, do you believe in a multiverse? Oh, oh, great question. I have a very complicated history with the uh, study of the space-time continuum. Uh, my, for background, my favorite movies are Back to the Future one, two, and three. I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. Even the fan. third one, Jesus, even the third one, that it's one not was the terrible. In all honesty, I would go. I would defend the third one more than I defend the second one. I'm not a big <gasps> fan of the second one. That's my personal opinion. Okay, I like the third one. It's a little campy, but. I, I'm a big Back to the Future fan, and I, I've been obsessed with the concept of time travel. It's Ooh. it's so fascinating to me. Yeah, uh, just stories of you know I, I'm a guy who I love to read alternate histories. Oh, I love alternate history. Alternate histories about like different space programs, but that's just the nerd oh, in me, you know. Okay, okay. But I, I love my good, you know, alternate histories. What happened if this war went this way? Uh, and this I, stuff. I, I genuinely love that stuff. I love a good like, what if Britain never lost America? Mm-hmm. Like alt history. I think that's a really fascinating. Like my. I'm always, I'm always the, 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 you know, what if the Axis one kind of guys, those stories just like yeah, scare yeah, the yeah. shit out of me. So I'm like, geez, I, I think God. another, like more, more, some like other interesting ones are like, what if Russia won world war one? Mm-hmm. Um, and like the world was just generally more Russian. Like, it's just it's like, it's really weird. Those stories like, what if the Aztecs beat the Spanish? Like that, yeah. that's a really strange you know, like we, uh, we think it's really wacky because we can't imagine it. You know, like, yeah, it's it's changing all of history, and it's just so. It's just what it, what it is to me. It's glimpses into ideas. You know, ideas of what could happen if something goes differently. Because while it hasn't happened in the past, in our past, you can never know what happens in the future. You could always get a lesson from a made up hypothetical. Um, but getting back on the topic, uh, just kind of that mentality in me. I've always really been interested in just the concept of time travel, you know, the the control of the of the space-time continuum, using it for uh, you know, faster than light travel is one possibility, but of mm-hmm. course, time travel is just, you know, fascinating. It's it's interesting going to the future, going to the past, all that shit. Um and I've acquired like a really scientific taste to time travel. Like mm-hmm. I I like my stories to be to be firm in their in their math and their science. 
So you uh, want them to be as realistic as possible, yeah, making as few my... leaps of like disbelief as possible. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll allow some things to be like, okay, maybe that's just beyond me at the time. But I I like to be like, at least I, a layman in in physics, can get where this can come from. You know, uh, I part of me would say I'd probably love to be a physicist, but I'm just not that good at math to do it. <laughs> that's I'm, fair. That's fair. I'm, I'm only good enough to be an engineer. Shout out to our, our one physics major. <laughs> yeah. God, God bless those physics majors. Those I, guys do a great I job. Think, I think he's, oh man, he must be really smart. Like if yeah. you, she's a smart guy. He, he must be incredibly smart. Like, yeah, it's it, good props to him. I, I deeply respect physicists because I, I just find that field so interesting. Yeah, I agree. I used to want to be an astrophysicist mm -hmm. when I was I, a I child. 100 percent went through that phase too, uh, and I was like, "Oh, I really want to do this." And then I f really found out what it took, and I was like, "Oh hell, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no!" I hell really... to the absolutely fucking not. Like, <laughs> why not? It's so much math. It's, it's so ridiculous math. It, it's ungodly <laughs> I, amounts of math. Like, imagine taking calculus four in high school, yeah, and still like you're nowhere near what kind of math you're going to need. Like. You may as well it's just insane. be a math major. Like I, it's it, it's it's basically that's that's essentially what it is. For, for a brief moment, I wanted to study astrodynamics because I was like, "Hey, that's a study of how you get a, a spaceship from one planet to another." Now I'm doing vector dynamics and engineering, and I hate that class. I, I love the professor; she's a, one of the best professors I've ever had. But I just don't have the mind for vector dynamics, so I could never do astrodynamics, and I could never do physics. I, I'm an engineer through and through. What I think is a, a really fascinating subject is like exobiology. Oh. Um, like what what would life be like on other planets? Like hypothetically given their atmospheres or given the uh, spectrum of light that reaches the surface mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. the temperature or what the gravity is like. I, I think it's really fascinating to speculate what what creatures on other planets would be like uh given their conditions instead of ours like how would evolution have affected them yeah i i do really enjoy that that's a it's a very interesting field just considering for me it's more just considering like what's the difference in cultures what's the difference in societies strategies stuff like that i like that aspect of it more than i that i care for like the biological side of it i'm just like the cultural side is the interesting thing for me. I think that would be really fascinating, but I also think that people overestimate the chance of there being a sentient civilization and people underestimate the possibility of there being something that resembles animal life well, on Earth. I, th I think it's I far... In a way more likely that there's just like dogs but from space than that there's like a whole race of humanoid type creatures well, there's there's actually a theory that i've heard about that that it's kind of become what i sort of believe in when it comes to like aliens and shit um it's this idea of i think what it's called is like zero one or none so the most likely explanations are there are zero alien civilizations which means that we shouldn't be here so we know that's not true so we know that's unlikely the other possibility is that there are only there's only one civilization humans we're the only civilization that's it plain and simple we are alone out there in the universe but the only other viable 
explanation. Sorry, zero, one, and none. I think I misspoke <laughs> that. It's one, none, or infinite, something like that. So what it says is, since we know there isn't no, there are no alien civilizations, we can cross that off the list. We know that we're the only ones here so far. That's one of the options. Or because we know there can't be none since we're here, there has to be at least an infinite amount because we're in an infinite universe, you know? So really what it is is I think it's just a question of distance. It's a question of time. Uh, we really don't know what's out there, but we're mm-hmm. in an infinite universe. It's a lot bigger than we think. I think alien A lot of different just... stars blasting off. You can never know what chemical reactions happen mm-hmm. someplace. And next thing you know, you have a civilization. Mm-hmm. Happened here. It could happen anywhere. I think it's... Um... I think aliens definitely do exist, but I think like, I I don't know, like I said earlier, I think the idea of them being sentient and having like real civilizations, things that we would call civilization, maybe that's less likely. Uh, It also comes down to who are we to define what a civilization is, you know? I mean, that's true. That, I think that's a very progressive way of thinking because you're basically saying, oh, animals can have civilization. We just don't view it that way. Absolutely. Plants I mean, can have civilization and we just don't think of it that way. Like, I, I, I would say, yeah, well, there's very many, there's a lot of examples of that. You know, termite communities, termite communities, ant communities, bees, the, the bees. Absolutely. The, the, the community of trees that grow de- up around like fallen redwood trees and stuff. There's, there's plenty of, of examples of things that could be considered communities and civilizations, but it would just be impossible for us to think about them in that way because we're just not built that way. So do you think that humans expanding into space is a good idea? Or do you think that in a way it's like, uh, and I, when I say in space, I don't just mean like in our solar mm-hmm. system. I mean like mm-hmm. expanding to alien planets that have other life. Do you think that that would be wrong of us do you think it would be sort of like a space colonialism no um here's the thing we're that's just kind of inherently who we are we're exploring people we're curious people you know that's it we're just curious um and we become so curious to a degree that we're just developing these fantastic technologies and stuff like that and it's a nature that we can't help you know that's just who we are the counterpoint of it, though, is that on top of being curious, we're also greedy and we're also violent. You know, we're a complicated and imperfect species. There's no really going about it. But that doesn't mean we're any less worthy to explore because maybe we might meet, <laughs> maybe we might meet the right species that convinces us otherwise or we might see the right things that convinces us otherwise or you talk, talking about hu- collective humanity finding its mate like <laughs> no just just finding its purpose really um we, it's like when one civilization meets the <laughs> other right civilization then they get that, married distinct possibility <laughs> that's a distinct possibility you know but but really what i mean is just finding the things that are out there that make us decide that, hey, maybe we can be a little bit better. What I think it's going to be, it's really just us finding the resources to be like, hey, maybe we don't have to beat up on the entire African continent to get all our rare earth metals. Maybe we can just get this, you know, asteroid over here that's got plenty of them Mm. and we don't have to use slave labor, you know? I think that's something that that could 
be very doable and that would be good for humanity as a whole so do you do you think that fully automated luxury space communism could ever be a thing like is this is this something that you like could, could we live in star trek universe is that is that something that you see as potentially possible i mean shit i wouldn't say it's impossible you never really know uh there's, there's enough resources out there. I'm sure we could find enough planets and get enough smart people to build some fascinating things that really do make this kind of a, an issue of the past. You know, I, I just think we're smart enough to do it. We're, we're a fascinating species. Um, yeah, I, I think something like that could happen. Call it space communism or whatever you want. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a goddamn believer of the free market. Uh, <laughs> I totally believe that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know. I was called a democratic socialist a while back, and I'm still very confused about the whole thing. Uh, um, there's but, nothing democratic about it. Uh, I, I'm I'm so confused. Uh, but you know, yeah, I think it's possible. I think space really opens up a lot of different possibilities for for civilization as a whole. What do you think about like uh, like AI? Like, do you, Ooh, do you think that like sentient ai is a horrible we're getting, idea we're getting deep i think here it's tonight. a terrible idea <laughs> this conversation yeah well uh you can kind of base it off of my opinion on um what i was talking about earlier with the haptic senses and stuff like that i'd like that to apply to consciousnesses too i like to at <laughs> least know that that my consciousness is uh homegrown and operated uh, <laughs> uh not to say that ai has 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 no place i'm just we really should but like really try AI. Yeah, a, we should try our hardest to like, be you're not a blade runner no God, no no no, sen- oh, God, no no artificial sentience because like mm. number, i think that's where i would draw the draw the line yeah, right no, it's like one, nothing that's gonna realize that it's alive and be like holy shit you guys brought me to life and all I do is suffer. Like, yeah, that's a terrible kill you all. You know, like, no thanks. I, 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 I think that sounds like a horrible to be born. idea. I, I, uh, you know, I, my parents were on birth control and shit. I was not supposed <laughs> to be born. I understand AI. They don't want to be here. Neither do I. Um, so fuck that noise. Uh, but yeah, that's just kind of a bad idea because you don't want someone else thinking like you're smarter than the whole civilization you know mm-hmm. that just doesn't sound like a good mix every time that's happened some assholes come around and fucked up yeah no that's fair so yeah, yeah. i i, I was, i'm sorry robots but you don't got my love right now yeah uh i, I think robots are fine just to, as long as they're not sentient and they all all they do is just mimic sentience yeah just please don't kill me right i'm like <laughs> I don't want you to actually know, right? I yeah. want I want your your brain to process what my face looks like and go, oh, I remember that that's my owner. But like, I don't want you to actually <laughs> understand what it means that I own you. Yeah, like I, really, I don't robots. want that. That's not a good that's idea, terrifying. robots. AI, please, AI is horrifying to me. It's it would be great for some things, like you know, like handling cleaning. resources, stuff like that. But I I think that AI should be like the working force while humans just become the force that's for like what humans do best creativity making art so you want to have a poem based economy what what is that a poem based economy you You want you want like the economies of of poems right you just like that's that's you write a poem and that's money (laughs) (laughs) or like maybe like making a podcast (laughs) yeah doing whatever you want i mean you know could happen you never know But you want I'd to like be, to work. I don't know. Y- you you want to be the guy that dr- 
drives no pilots the space he just wants to drive a space truck is is that's all i'm space trucking 24 7 (laughs) i could i could could just see this man on like a long long haul route and there's like a a little small spaceship next to him and there's like a little kid looking out the window and he's like he pulls the the imaginary honking chain and alberta's just this big cargo spaceship and he just pulls that shit and it's just like (laughs) that'd be so fun yeah in his pope outfit oh god that 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 was fantastic (laughs) chef's kiss great halloween i had so much fun (laughs) (laughs) if my grandma saw it she'd beat the shit out of me oh my god wait we we should talk about recruitment um i I have a summer internship this summer, uh, HR internship this summer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be recruiting people, but you are the vice archon of our fraternity, mm-hmm. and you're in charge of our recruitment. So, what are some like recruitment tips? Because I believe <laughs> that recruitment is a skill that everyone can benefit from. I would agree. Knowing how to talk to people, knowing how to convince people, it's a, it's a very important skill to have. Well, really, it depends on what field you're in. You know, some people just don't need to do that, but it's useful and it's uh, it's important. Uh, so, just the idea of getting people to see your image really is what it is. Getting people to see what what you see is very important. And for recruitment, here's the thing: I'm not the most extroverted person. I I I'm, I'm at a weird crossroads where I genuinely enjoy talking to people. I, I enjoy having fun conversations. I enjoy having interesting conversations. But I just have a lot of difficulty breaking into conversations because I, I tend to be very polite. I tend to be very deferential to people that I just meet because I was always just taught, you know, not to offend people. Just be a nice guy. Um, and sometimes I feel like I do take that a little t- un- a little farther than usual. I can be a lot, you know, a lot more loose and stuff. But... I don't know, just kind of the way I was raised. So I just have difficulty kind of breaking into the conversations, but... I can really relate to that. Yeah. I I think, like, I'm definitely a sort of person who, like, do I like talking to people? Yes. But do I want to meet new people? Mm -hmm. No. No. Once I'm actually talking to them, will I like it? Probably. Yeah. But do I want to, like, introduce myself and be like, hey, let's talk. Like, <laughs> God, hell no. You know, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. I, I want other people to approach me yeah. and talk to me, and then I'll start talking to them back. Like, instead Well, of you're just, not an icebreaker. No, I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. Like, I agree. And, and, I, and it, honestly, it's a problem because it extends even into, like, my dating life. Like, I'll never be the person to send the message first. Like, I I fully don't want to reach out to anybody on Grindr or Tinder or, like, in real life or in a gay club. Like, nothing. I'll be like, no, I'm not. Ta- I'm not. Um, I will never be. I'll never see a hot guy and be like, let me go talk to him. I'll be like, please come and talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, for a long time I really did fall into the into the same category. I've I really do have to like force myself to go out and introduce myself to people. But I mean I found that when I've done when I've done so it, it it's gone it's gone okay at least uh, no no terrible first interactions except for a couple. But you know just happens. I I, I should be more confident essentially. So 
Yeah, it's it's recruitment is a very interesting thing for a person like me to do. Um, but the one thing that I can always count on is that I enjoy being around the brothers, and because I enjoy being around the brothers, I'm a lot more relaxed and I'm a lot more comfortable. And because I'm feeling more at home, I can be more of myself and I can be more uh, bolder. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can. So we, we try we to bring make, you the comfort that you need to be able to act natural. Yeah, it's 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 either that or it's me thinking like, I gotta set an example here. You know, I gotta I gotta I gotta be the example for what I want my guys to be doing. So I at least gotta go out and try and make the effort to show a good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I that's when I force myself to be more outgoing, to be more uh, extroverted, and to make those conversations and. Works sometimes, doesn't work other times, but, you know, it's probably better. I should do it more. Cool. Uh, I think, I personally, I think recruitment is, like, one of the hardest things for me to do. Like, I, I find it really, really hard. What would you say is, like, the key to being that enticing? I think, like, um, for recruitment, it's kind of like a building a relationship with anybody it's like you talk to them you know you make sure they come out to the events you know you be a friend you be very friendly to them and encourage them to come out you get their phone number Mm -hmm. when you recruit on tabling Mm -hmm. and you just text them the events and keep reminding them yeah you know really for me it's a lot of just play the role you know do the job uh (laughs) i think about recruitment i think of like that one dude from animal house who's walking around you know whatever his name was like, hey, how you doing, recruitment chair? I think about that shit, and I'm like, that'll probably work. You should probably try and do something a little bit like that. So that's how I kind of go about mm. it. Just play the part, do the role. You just say, like, you text them, hey, uh, we're having free burgers tonight, uh, free dinner for with the with the guys. I don't know. I feel like I'm always the sort of person who, like, like people have told me that I look very unapproachable, like, when they first meet me. Um, I, I, I remember I was talking to... I think it was you, Jason. Who was? I was. I was talking to somebody about like how do I how do I appear to like the to the uh, you know to the associate members and, oh, and yeah, somebody yeah, somebody yeah. was like you're really unapproachable. Like I feel like when I saw you, I was like nervous, you know. I, and I thought that's really interesting because I. Like, I guarantee if somebody actually just, just approaches me, I'll be really nice to them. I just look like I would be super mean to them. I just look like I would rip into everybody. Um, but, like, and then, like, some people really look... And I can, I get it, though. You know, like, it's not like I don't understand it, because I see certain people and I'm like, oh, he's safe to talk to, right? Like, if I saw Matias anywhere, I'd be like, oh, I could talk to him. That's yeah, fine. He'll, he'll, be an easy, he'll be an easy person to talk like, to. Yeah. I'm like, where, whereas, like, if I saw, like, like, if I saw Marco somewhere, I would be like, nope, Marco would be into hell to yeah. the no. I'd be like, nope, I'm not talking to him. That's not happening. Um, <laughs> 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 Alberto's an approachable guy. He's, he's a friendly guy. Yeah, I think you're very approachable. Like, I... You're definitely more approachable than me, that's for oh, sure. God. <laughs> You're very approachable. Well, like, I remember, like, the first time I met you, it was uh, the Wings Night, mm-hmm. one of the Rush events. And I don't know, like, you were leading, like, the poker game. 
that was really cool i remember the the burger night when you made all the burgers oh that was, yeah that was, really nice. that was, was a lot of burgers that was a lot of cooking for you to do i, I love grilling <laughs> i i absolutely love grilling it was no problem for me are you I'd are you one again. of those are you one of those dads who like like are you, are you gonna get like a smoker or, absolutely like, i will get a smoker mode. i will get the, the like, like the pellets and everything mm-hmm. I'll go really into one of these days. I'm going to be really deep into barbecue. You guys will hear about I, like 40 years down the line. I can't wait because Ooh. you know what that means that like 20 years from now, when we have like a frat reunion, <laughs> I know who's bringing good food. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I, I'll be like, we're all, I'll be like, everybody will be like, where should we have it? And I'll be like, Alberto's house. And they'll be like, why? And I'll be like, because he's going to make good I just, barbecue. I just thought he's of got four smokers idea. and just bought 16 briskets. You know? <laughs> I just thought of a business idea. It's going to be Alberto's barbecue and it's going to be like a space themed barbecue. That's kind of weird. Go great though. in Texas, yeah. The, oh yeah, that would go that would Texas be great in Houston. Houston would love that shit. Yeah. A space themed barbecue restaurant. Perfect idea to open up in Houston. <laughs> they would love it. With your own secret recipes. Secret. Uh, yeah, I'd have to develop those. It's going to take <laughs> you a just, bit. You can have all the cheesy names with like <laughs> Like space themed item menus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, God, SpaceX I, I ribs. Would, I would come up with the worst puns. They would just be terrible. I I can't. I would love that. Elon's tri tip. Elon's what's, prime rib. What's like a, a like I don't the know tri- triple thrusters, and that'll be the tri tip. Like tri tri thruster or something. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> Um, like, like, doesn't the Endeavor have three engines on its back? Yeah, like, all, all space shuttles got three. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's something you can come up with for that. Um, okay. What do you What do you think about the Buran, the Russian Ooh, space shuttle? That's is a, that new? Hold that's on, a really no, niche thing old. to bring uh, up. Oh my god. Um, wow. No one asked me about this. Uh, it's it's pretty goddamn amazing, but. God, what a waste of money. <laughs> like it, 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 don't get me wrong. It's more capable than the space shuttle. It's, it's you know, it can take up a bigger payload. It can land autonomously. It can do all this, this, and Ooh. that. But what's the point of having that if you're just not going to fly the goddamn thing? Like, at least our to shuttle To say that flew. you beat the West, right? To say, to say we have a better space shuttle than yeah, the West. Yeah, but you've got to get people to remember that you beat the West. How many people can you go up to? You can go up to someone and be like, hey, do you know what this is? Show them a picture of the space shuttle. They'll know what a space shuttle is. Oh, shit. It's in front of the that's, camera. That's right? true, because if you if you show them a picture of the Buran, they'll say, oh, that's the space, space shuttle. shuttle. Yeah. Like, well, that's the American one. Like they, they, they lost the marketing on that one. Yeah, they really great, did. It was great shit. Fantastic piece of engineering, but they have that's that's fair that it's interesting they only have really like one memorable spacecraft and that's sputnik uh is like the only yeah they, they, they got they got the sputnik they got the r7 rocket and they got the soyuz that's about they it they have like the the mir space station yeah like other, other than that like does anybody really sit there and think about russian rockets like probably not i'm probably the one nerd who's out here reading about them like, yeah. I, I think most people are interested in like i i personally am most interested in like private rockets i think that's really wild they're they're pretty goddamn cool um like again i think they're they're all do they do what they say on the tin yes but do they do all the things that the nasa rockets do no that you're you're absolutely gonna get fucking radiation poisoning in the starship like on your way to mars you by the time that you get there you're gonna have like a 50% higher risk of cancer 
just because they have like no radiation shielding on that thing at all. Yeah, you're probably you're probably right, but you know what? That's a problem for future me. He'll worry about it then. Uh, twenty one. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, me. maybe you can advise Elon Musk and be like, you know, you oh, should really. He is going to get an earful of me. Do I think a single starship could go all the way to Mars? Fuck no, that's stupid. Dock it to something else. Give it a radiation shielding. Then you can go. But they were. I mean, they were gonna. They they aren't sending it straight to Mars. The way that it's gonna work is that they're gonna send one up to orbit oh and then the other one's going to come up there and its payload is going to be fuel and they're going to refuel the, the first one and then from orbit then they launch it to mars and yeah that's an okay idea but you can do better than that i think see to me what the smart idea the smart way to get to mars is to go to the moon first right so we set up a permanent base mm -hmm. on the moon that manufactures rocket fuel Absolutely. and rockets. And then that way, even if you even if you have to fly the rocket from Earth to the moon first, you don't have to fucking take the fuel with you. It's already there. Mm -hmm. And then you just refuel from there and then you go. Because the gravity is also a lot less. So your escape velocity doesn't have to be as yeah. high. So it takes less fuel to begin with to launch the rocket from the moon. Yeah, so... Thankfully, you brought this up. Um, this is something I've absolutely put a lot of thought into. Uh, you know, me wanting to do this and all. Um, my my ideal sort of infrastructure would be this. Uh, you launch a crew, just a crew, off of Earth. You get them to some sort of starship that can get, to, get them to the moon. Get them to whatever moon base we have around there. What you have pre-positioned there is you have pre-positioned... A ship and a starship. Two separate ships. But what they do is the starship docks with the, the main ship, the transfer ship and whatever. And this, this transfer ship has your life support. It's got your radiation shielding. It's got your, you know, artificial gravity, all that stuff. You know, centrifug centrifugal artificial gravity. Um, it's got engines that are more efficient. It's got better power systems. It's got everything. It's pre-built, pre-launched out there. Because we know we can build stuff out there. So, you send a starship to it. You make sure the starship's fueled and everything. You get the fuel from the moon. But what that starship is, is that starship is your lander when you get to Mars. You take that whole transfer ship, you take the lander, you fire it from the moon, you get to Mars. With certain engines, you can get there fast. You can get there in 90 days, you know, three months, something like that. Uh, there's this one engine called Vasmir or something, which was developed by this astronaut, uh, Franklin Chang Diaz, genius astronaut, flew in all space shuttles, seven space shuttle missions. Um, this engine can get you to Mars in 90 days, you know? There's a lot more impressive technologies out there that can be developed. And I say you take this technology, you take that, that lander that you have docked that you launched from Earth from, you land that on Mars, and what you go to is you go to a pre-positioned other lander. That other lander was there two years in advance. It's already fueling up using, you know, the resources that they have on Mars, using chemical reactions and stuff. And you, when you're done with your mission, you get into that thing, you get into the second lander, you launch it, you fly back to your ship, you fly back to Earth. That lander that you just, you know, that you came in, that stays there, refuels, you can use it again down the line. And then you can send other landers to other places around, around so Mars. So a lot of this is going to have to be automated. <laughs> wow. yeah, it's going to take a lot. lot of robotic... Robotic crews are going to land far before human crews. Is your... Absolutely. That's, that's the only way you can do a Mars mission nowadays. What is our mission now, nowadays actually, though? 
like hope and pray uh, honestly i think the mo for most space companies and and agencies in general is commercial satellites i I think that's what most space agencies are kind of focusing on is just making things in leo really affordable Mm -hmm. um putting a lot of communications dishes replacing old communications craft and shit like that i thought i thought we were going back to the moon we are and Mm, that's going back to the moon well that's the thing with artemis that's the thing with something like starship you know that's where i really have to give credit where credit's due starship can carry so much cargo it can carry so much into orbit and it can put that around the moon just that fact alone just making mass cheaper to go into space you can really start i'm sorry what is starship Starship is the largest of SpaceX's craft. It's currently being developed for the purpose of transporting people to Mars. Yeah, but it's oh, I also thought it was the moon. Yeah, no, the Starship, moon, Mars, Starship, deep will space, go to Mars. That's the purpose. Yeah. If I walked in, because they had obviously they had to do marketing for this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to publicize the event. Yeah, they had to and do so PR. I, right, and I'm, stuff. The, I'm the business person, and I fucking look at what the engineers have on their on their fucking plans. And it looks like that shit. I would be like, that is a penis. You're not <laughs> You're fucking really... publishing that shit. Like, no. What is that? <laughs> you like, really mean to tell me that everyone was so scared of Jeff Bezos that they couldn't tell him his rocket looked like a dick? <laughs> he's, just gonna, he's just got to have two spherical fuel tanks at the base. <laughs> so he, could, he could be Dr. Evil in Austin Powers. I think that would fly entirely over his head. You got to be shitting me. Oh, he, he wouldn't even notice. And then people would make fun of him for it on Twitter. And he's... He he would be he would like not get it. he he would be defensive about it instead of being instead of taking it for what it is because it's, it would be the fucking truth. Yeah, he would be like, no, it's definitely not like that at all. I can't believe you guys thought about this. You know, what uh, an I think, asshole. I think he's fucking like he has to be like the most oblivious person on the planet with like how little he takes into consideration anybody else on the planet. Like he's like the Netherlands, you're going to take apart this bridge. (laughs) Why? So that my new fucking yacht can get out of the port. Like how did, who, who nobody, nobody said, nobody said beforehand we wouldn't be able to get it out of the port. Like nobody talked to Jeff Bezos and was like, actually Mr. Bezos if we build it at this shipbuilder, it won't be able to get out. So let's just pick a different shipbuilder instead of destroying a historical bridge that like that the Dutch did they, people did they care end about. Up doing that? I think they are. Right? Did yeah, they, they cancel did. it? I thought they canceled <laughs> it. Wait, they actually That's did. so stupid. Why would you let that happen on both parts? First off. Why, why didn't like the shipyard be like hey uh maybe we shouldn't build this here did no one really come i know like I, if i was the shipyard i would have just been like you know i'm i'm sorry dude but it's not gonna fit so like you know maybe take your business somewhere else buddy like you can't really come through here I'll with these like, specs we, you know i mean like we have another shipyard can you use that one does it have to be at this one? Yeah, I, I got a cousin three blocks away with a better shipyard that you don't have to destroy a historic bridge for. You want to use that guy, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Did you know that Jeff Bezos has a yacht for his yacht? Are you serious? 
He has a mini yacht that takes him. So like his yacht is so big that the side boat that's for smaller, like he has a fleet. The man has a fleet, basically. Don't they call them something like that, like dinghies or something? I don't know. There's some term for that. I'm, yeah, I'm who, not really deep in the maritime law. Yeah, who cares? They're rich people. <laughs> That's a rich people thing to know. See, the only thing I need to know is that one day I want to be able to park cars and have a helicopter on the on the yacht. That's that would be nice. Yeah. That's all I need to know. Right? That'd be pretty sick. Like, because realistically, like, do I do I want to go to a port? Probably not. <laughs> So I'll just have a helipad on my yacht, so that way they can fly me from my tower to my yacht. <laughs> really, just gotta live the GTA Five life. Yeah, yeah you do. You gotta live that GTA life. That's, I got used to it when I played that game. So now sometimes, I need it. sometimes you just gotta think, what would Kanye do today? <laughs> you just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, would, what would the most irrational man on the planet do? Oh my god. <laughs> You're telling me that you just go from high rise to your yacht every day. <laughs> no, not every day, but like if Whatever I'm going to the yacht, like then like then he's got to go out go, to the yacht. Yeah, know? exactly. I'm going to go there. I'm going right to get driven from my from my mansion. I'm going to get driven to my tower, right? And then I'm going to go up to the top floor of my tower in my private elevator that nobody else uses. No. Uh, that has like a chair to sit down in the elevator. <laughs> Mimosa service in Mimosa the elevator. Service, wow. Champagne and caviar service there, in the there's elevator. There's a lot of stuff in GTA 5 that they, you could do. Oh, oh no, no, this is not a GTA 5. This, this, this isn't even a GTA 5. This is just in my mind. Oh, shit. I've been living the good this life. This is purely all just out of my imagination, right? <laughs> and so I get to the top of the of my tower uh, of Satellite House Industries King Inc. <laughs> And, like, I get in my gold-plated helicopter, and I fly to my 3,000-foot-long yacht. And I- <laughs> That's King Evan right there. I just, I just land on this magnificent yacht that's just insane. Um, Take me to Florence. I want a sandwich. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're going to sail me to Fiji. And they're going to be like... How long do you want it to take? And I'll be like, make it take like a month. I'm on vacation. And they'll be like, but you just got back from your other vacation. And I'll be like, I know I did the one day of work. I got paid like a hundred billion dollars for it. Now like <laughs> drive the fucking Living boat. Like, life. Yeah, it'd be nice to be rich. Yeah. I think it would be incredible. I love the idea of just thinking about what I would do if I had infinite money, right? Like, because realistically, if even if Elon Musk spent his money the way that I can imagine how to spend money, he would be broke. Like, there's just no, no way that he would be living an unnecessary life at that point. Yeah, it would much. just be ungodly amounts of, like, obscene. Like, this is absolutely the sort of thing that, like, if Bernie Sanders saw it, he'd have a heart attack on the spot. Like... This is something ridiculous. Go crazy, you know? Yeah. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Um, You know, instead of renting a Rolls Royce, I'll just buy a Rolls Royce. Why why buy one when you can buy five? Every every day, just buy a new one. (laughs) Throw it away the next day. Disposable. (laughs) Disposable Rolls Royces. (laughs) Single-use Rolls Royces. (laughs) 
Sigmund yeah, Freud. Ivan, please was, tell us about Sigmund he Freud. He was a German psychologist who I believe. When did he live? In like the 1800s or something? Yeah, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Whenever people really got into doing uh, cocaine. Oh really? They did a lot of cocaine. This man did a lot. He was a rock guy, yeah. Um, And there's actually a museum about him in London, which is situated in his old house that he died in. I guess I don't know. Yikes! Um, But you, I I have not been when I when I lived in London. I did not go to the Sigmund Freud Museum, but I but I heard that it existed. Um, It was kind of interesting. Um, but he was, he was a German psychologist who's considered the, like the founder of modern psychology. A lot of the things that he thought about were really fucked up and like insane (laughs) to put it bluntly. Yeah. To, to put it really simply, he had some really disgusting fucking perverted ideas about the way that humans operated and thought, um, and pretty much everything that he came up with is now considered out of date and not not accurate i don't Uh, know you go on tiktok and you see some valid points there oh god Uh, this world is terrible point is (laughs) not a very good guy okay so the idea of the concept of penis envy (laughs) is that is that like women grow up wishing that they that they had a penis so like they have to like compensate for this in like acting different ways. Like it's just, it's just it, some really weird, bizarre it's shit. It's really out like out of pocket. Like how the hell did you just come up with or, this? Or like one of the things is like of uh, like vagina dentata or something like that. Like this idea that like men are afraid of vaginas because they think that like it's gonna eat your penis or something <laughs> like that. Like, it's, it's really these like obscene, ridiculous things that like freud was like he he came up with these fucking insane ideas like he was absolutely out of his goddamn mind right so to say that like he had some good points like it's like saying hitler had good points like no wait no he did not like he fucking didn't like i could have sworn i saw like a quote from him he's a weird guy he was a weird dude I mean, a lot of people said fancy shit back in the 1800s. That's true. A lot of people did say some some fancy sounding shit. Um, I think it's wild. Right here, look at this. One day, in retrospect, the years of struggle will strike you the most beautiful. What about that? Yeah, I'd probably just think they fucking suck. Um, I personally believe... Like, okay, how do you know that he actually said that? How do you know that somebody didn't just put those words on a background of an image with him? Like... How, how do you know that? Yeah, truth is fake nowadays. Like, I saw like a I I saw a meme that was like Taylor Swift, but it had like all these uh, wait wait like, wait Trump where supporter, where did this like, hatred where did this hatred from Sigmund Freud come from? What do you mean? Like cocaine hatred for him? Like yeah, why your personal hatred <laughs> for this person. I don't, I don't hate him. Just, I just oh, think he just was fucking stupid. Fella. Like he didn't know okay. what he was just talking about. He's a quack. Like. Well, he he will go down remembered forever in history. That's Ooh, that's yeah, correct. Damn. He's gonna go down remembered forever in history as what, a really what, fucked up man. What are you <laughs> gonna do, Evan? Gonna, gonna compete against Sigmund Freud? I don't oh. think so. I don't know, I've never talked to people about how, this person before. So I'm just you, like, how can you sit there and be like, oh, he's gonna be remembered forever? You know who else is gonna be remembered forever? Hitler. Fucking Stalin. 
Like, <laughs> how are you going to sit there and act like, oh, oh well, just because you're not going to be remembered. They're like, okay, and... Yeah, sometimes it's worth not being remembered. I'm, you know? I'm just curious, like where did this where did this stem from? You know, maybe he's like just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't born here, so like I don't know. Like, no, this has it's not like a Western person. Like, it's not a American thing to hate Sigmund Freud. I just think uh-huh. he's a fucked just up like dude. a human thing in general. <laughs> to really start to read about him. Up. Oh, I've never read about him. I've only yeah. read, read like, Wikipedia. <laughs> give, give him a read. He, he well, some of the things that he did, like they. Like, a man would bring his wife to Sigmund Freud and be like, she's acting ridiculous. She's doing all these things that I don't like. And then, like, Sigmund Freud would be like, she's she's delirious. She's, she's like, um, I'm trying to think of the word. Uh, hysterical? Hysterical. Hysterical. Yeah. She's hysterical. And, and he would... It was like a medical diagnosis, Jason. Yeah. Like people, they, they, like, they medically disi- diagnosed women as hysterical, yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, that's that works." Uh, they'll be like, "This, that's correct. She's sick." That's what does, she what does hysterical mean? It, it, <laughs> oh my god! You, you can't tell me that you don't know this. It, well, maybe maybe he wants like, to get into the deeper meaning. What's um, like the? I, I think I know what it means, but I'm not sure. It's kind of like when you're acting crazy, and especially back in that time, it was for when women were acting crazy, because I guess like It was just any behavior that a man didn't approve of, so that he didn't have control over his wife, was deemed hysterical. Yeah, I don't know. It's got some sort of stem in, like, the the Greek word for uterus or something like that. I don't know. That's where, where like, comes from. Mm, So it's really... Yeah, it's really made to be, like, you know... To call Some a woman crazy, women. that's yeah. basically what it what it's all about. And like But they would do really weird they shit do to fix it. Nuts thing. Like they would do absolutely strange shit. Like they would he like he would straight up like go and be like fingering these women to like give them an orgasm to cure their hysteria. Like that like they would just do Whoa, some how wild bad does shit. it gotta be where like that's the doctor? What you, yeah. Yes, the what? doctor. Like people would medically I mean, they would the, take that's their why they created the vibrators. Vibrators started off as medical devices. Yeah, like, that's correct. That's a true fact. These doctors were fucking whack back in the day. Like they were doing some crazy ass shit that today we would be like, no, this is totally unacceptable. <laughs> we would be like, that's completely unethical. You cannot do anything like that. That's fucking wild. But they would just do it like if it was no big deal. That was Again, considered like same standard. Time, for like a long time yes yeah for for decades (laughs) i don't where do you learn about this stuff you don't learn about this stuff in eighth grade u.s history i took a a psychology of the human sexuality course when i was in community college and that's where i learned a lot of this stuff i just like to read a lot you know what's always the worst though when you go in a urinal and there's like somebody who takes their pants all the way down oh, to pee. oh my god uh, like in high they, school they got their like ass hanging out like you know that you know that that's like that's the weird guy like yeah. you know like you, you see somebody who's strange and you're like <laughs> i bet that guy fucking pees with his ass out like <laughs> you know it, it is always just kind of fun though to fuck with people when you're at the urinal or in the bathroom or something especially if you know the person i love doing that i love messing around with people in awkward situations you know i get so much joy out of it uh over winter break uh me and my roommates we all went out to uh to san francisco for a bit and we went out to fisherman's wharf and we we went to the like the boudin bakery mm-hmm and there was this jank, disgusting bathroom right outside. And we all have to go take a piss, right? Uh, so I think I'm in there. Kobe's in there. Tomo just left. 
and I go in there, take a piss. Kobe goes into the uh, into the urinal. He starts er, er, he starts peeing in in, the, in like one of the stalls, and he comes out. I turn around, and it, it's me, him at the at, at the at the at the sink, and there's some random dude in the stall. And I just turn to him and go. So you come here often? <laughs> oh my god. You know, out of context, you have no idea what the fuck you just stumbled into. It's so funny. I enjoy that so much. Just messing with people when they're least comfortable. A few moments later. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think like your uh like European schools probably don't treat their children like that. I feel like the Europeans have education downright. Like, they're doing it probably the best in the world right now. I think they have probably the most humane way of raising children. Yeah, I, I don't think so, it, it's man. not the necessarily the children. most successful. Right? I think China does the best job at making smart people. Um, but, like, what, nah. what? where would I rather live? I'd rather live in Finland than fucking China, you know? Like, yeah. They're joining NATO. They are joining NATO. Oh, boy. That's NATO to join NATO. Hopefully the Swedes join, too. <laughs> they won't. Really? They're they're considered a neutral country. Hmm. They were neutral since. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess they don't have a they don't have as much of a threat as the Finns do, but because the Finns share a really long border with Russia, the Russians at one point. Yeah, they did, which is why they're you know they've always they they have a deep seated hatred for the Russians. They they know a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two. So bump 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 bump, and they won. They did World War Two. Alternate histories. Mm, yeah. and what if Finland won World War II? <laughs> Ooh, what if the whole world was Finnish? That would be... Well, everyone Finnish. just spoke Finnish. So everybody... Planes, clash of everybody would stay really, really far away from each other. And they would all sit in their house and get drunk in their underwear. And Sounds fantastic <laughs> to me. And they would all Seconded. like drive in rallycross cars. Um, and they would all, like, be Are you just naming off stereotypes? Yeah. <laughs> Finish stereotypes. They all be playing Clash of Clans and Clash Royale. They all, everybody, everybody has a Nokia phone. Nokia. <laughs> I don't know. I like Finnish people. I met one, um, guy in Berkeley who's, uh, pretty interesting. Uh, his grandfather was, like, the prime minister of Finland. What? Wow. Yeah, actually, <laughs> that's really like his grandfather has a Wikipedia page. That's really cool. That's pretty cool. How do we get to Finland being neutral? Uh, um, start talking about little boys making oh, they, yeah. Is Finland part of the uh, European Space Agency? I think so. I know they're part of the EU. They're part of the EU. That's a great question. So, what's I'm the EU sure. versus NATO? The EU is an economic and political union. NATO is a military alliance. Yeah. Um, so the EU is all about trade. It's about economics. It's movement. about monetary policy, freedom of freedom of movement for goods, people, capital. It, it's like a regulatory agency to standardize. It's like NAFTA in a way. Yeah. It's like NAFTA, but more serious. Everything, yeah. Everything's more standardized. You can move more freely between them because the idea is these countries are so similar that they should be similar in policy, too. So what they do is they put the superstructure of NATO, uh, not, not of NATO, of the EU over like the basic structures of government in, uh, in Europe. 
And they say, you guys can have your independence, but then here's this too that you can use. So there's that for, for economics, it's, trade, all that stuff. It's really supposed to facilitate cooperation between European countries mm-hmm. so that their economies are so reliant on each other that they never go to war again. Yeah. That, that is the original purpose of the European Union. Yeah. And it's a counterbalance to like the US and Russia too. Yeah, that too. It, it maintains European relevance on the international stage. Mm-hmm. Um, although that's a more modern usage of the European do, Union. Do you think that the EU, all the countries in Europe, that's in the EU right now, eventually just merges into one single country? No. In the I, future? I don't think so because I think that there are going to be certain countries that are going to be deeply opposed to being ruled from an outside source even if they're part of it Mm -hmm. um i can see the french absolutely refusing to be ruled from brussels or to be ruled from berlin um really it would be berlin because germany is the main country in europe and so i i can imagine the French would detest the idea of being ruled from Berlin. I, I don't think they could do it. Yeah, I could see a unified Europe happening, but it would not come about peacefully. How does you as an American, right? How do you see you? Why do you think Germany is like the main country in Europe and not France? They're or the, another country. They're the largest economy, first of all. Um, they de facto take the leadership role in the european union they are the most relevant on the international stage they have companies that matter more in the world than france does right like does france have a siemens no i think Do- france has a chanel and a, like a louis vuitton yeah right but, but those things that, don't those matter to the rich people those it doesn't matter power to your average person mm-hmm. right like germany makes things that everybody uses things that countries rely on nobody relies for their economy to be based on louis vuitton bags and chanel purses and like Mm -hmm. hermes like scarves or whatever like nobody nobody relies on the things that are produced in france to continue to exist people rely on germany to provide functional infrastructure for the world Right, they're the place where telecommunications companies come from. They have automotive companies, they have chemical companies, they have engineering firms. They like they're a very advanced country. Yeah, they're very industrial. What's, what's like a German advanced. brand that like your average brother in our fraternity is most influenced by, or feels the impact of? Hmm. Is a better way to phrase it. <clears throat> I don't know. It's really one of those things where it's just it's in the small things that you don't really think about. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, sure, you can always talk about the big brands like Volkswagen and stuff like that, but there are smaller German companies that are affecting what we do every day. I think um, BioNTech, COVID vaccine? Yeah, I mean, they're a relatively small company, but yeah, that's definitely a company from Germany. uh, They made made the technology. Pfizer just kind of licensed this. Mm -hmm. um, Pfizer is an American company. Yes, which is weird because it sounds like it should be German. Yeah. Um, but no, BioNTech is the is the German company. Uh, but I think 
even like to me, just this is just my opinion. I think even the British are more relevant on the international stage than the French. I would in, agree. Just because of companies like Rolls Royce, right? They make aircraft engines, not not the cars. The you know, <laughs> well, they still have the uh, whole like Commonwealth and everything like mm, that too. That too, but I I meant more along the lines of like just Britain, mm-hmm. right? Just just as a country themselves, I think they matter more. They have companies like BAE Systems, um, HSBC, right? Like some of the largest financial companies in the world are centered in Britain. And France just truly cannot compete with that. Yeah, France France is really just a cultural place. Berlin, London, those are economic places. Yeah. It's the same thing with like with with Italy. Like I'm sorry, does the world revolve around pasta? No, it does not. Like I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like it revolves around pizza though. <laughs> I love yeah, me but some we make the pizzas pizza. locally. We don't import them from Italy. Yo, pizza margarita. Like, so good. <laughs> those are pretty good. I, I I don't know. Like, do I do I love Italian wine? Absolutely. Do I love Italian sports cars? Of course. But nothing that's made in Italy is the primary economic driver of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that's just it. Like certain countries just have commodities that are more important. Like Taiwan is extremely important mm-hmm. because of its semiconductor industry, the world's largest exporter. Yeah, Japan and their electronics industry. Mm-hmm. In America and our space industry. I oh, think our defense industry is pretty goddamn good, yeah. Yeah, aer- aerospace and defense is by far one of the most, like, useful things that America makes. P- like, companies all around the world will buy a Boeing plane because it's supposed to be this, the best planes in the world. Yeah, no, it, the, for, for something like defense, it's not hard to come up with a quote-unquote billion-dollar idea because you could just come up with a real expensive idea that's pretty easy. You know, it's, it's not that hard. <laughs> that's, that's actually really yeah. true because um, the United States will, will throw They'll funding throw so at much money anything. Alberto? Thank you for coming on the podcast. I, it was great to be here. Guys. It was freaking it's great. We have like two hours of content. Uh, I think this has been a fantastic evening. I think this is really interesting to, to sit down and have a conversation with you. I think you're one of the most interesting people that I don't get to talk to very often. <laughs> you're one of the most interesting guys in the fraternity. Thank you. Well, that's a, that, that means a lot. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoy talking Vice to you guys too. That's our Vice Archon. Um, any shout outs? Any last words? And yeah, where can we find you? <laughs> socials or anything? Find me in San Jose. Um, my socials are all over the place. Just look at the look at the podcast Instagram. You'll find me there. All right, guys. Okay, like, comment, and subscribe <laughs> on our YouTube channel. Subscribe on Spotify. Uh, like, comment, and share, and follow us on Instagram. Do whatever the bullshit is on TikTok and uh, come back next week. We'll see you then. Peace out, guys. Bye. Sweet.